Amen. Hey, before you have a seat, grab your Bibles real quick. We'll turn on the house lights, flip to Philippians chapter 4. Um, and we're going to read just two verses. And it may sound like it's uh, not that big a deal, but we're going to read two verses. And then really, the whole point of this habit sermon series is this, right? That we build our lives upon this, that we create habits in our lives that are going to be effective. Small changes, they're going to lead to big results in our lives. So Ephesians, or sorry, Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6, you can follow along on the screen and read along with me. Do not be anxious about what? Anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you do speak to us today. That, God, we sit humbly at your feet, that, Lord, your word would be supreme in all things, and that much would be made of Jesus, because we know that Jesus makes much of us. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he offers us life and life more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Um, You know, over the last week, we've, or sorry, the last month or so, we've looked at a number of different topics. We've looked at uh, what God's Word says. In other words, how we engage God's Word, how we read God's Word on a daily basis. We talked about discipleship. The last sermon I preached before we left for a couple weeks was on discipleship and the importance of being involved and connected to the body of Christ to be able to grow and mature, to be able to hold each other accountable, to help each other out, to pray with each other. And then Chris talked about, and I will say, I listened to his sermon series, or his sermon, sorry, number one, obviously dealing with thorns and struggles and difficulties, right? And then last week, uh, where we, he talked about forgiving, really what he talked about was forgiving God, right? But the idea of that being this, that we learn to trust God and to walk by faith in the midst of things that we can't see because we don't know the bigger picture of what's going on. And so today I want to talk about experiencing the power of God in what I would say is even a greater way. And I don't know where you're at in your prayer life. I don't know if you have prayer at all. I don't know if you're the type of person who you don't really pray until everything goes bad. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm going to pray. You know, one of the things that I've seen or what we've seen over the last month was the power of prayer that I believe that took place on the football field. If you know anything about Damar Hamlin, right? All of a sudden, people who didn't care about praying were all of a sudden praying. Matter of fact, I I, I thought about showing this, but there's a a, a sportscaster, a news anchor on ESPN named Dan Orlovsky. If you know anything about football, you know Dan Orlovsky didn't amount to much. I, I, I seriously, I mean, yeah, he was an NFL quarterback, but in the terms of NFL history, he really didn't amount to much. He played for the Lions. Nobody remembers Lions quarterbacks right? But Dan Orlovsky, the morning after DeMar Hamlin got hurt, prayed on ESPN. And it was like, all of a sudden, people were okay. People were comfortable with that. And what I want us to understand is this, that oftentimes in life, we overlook the power of prayer because we think we've got everything under control. And what we end up realizing is this, Once we realize we actually have nothing under our control or no authority and power over our lives, then I believe we become people of prayer because we'll realize the importance that prayer plays in our life because we realize that it's only God's supernatural power that's able to get us through certain circumstances 
and situations and difficulties. Here's one of the promises I see all throughout Scripture. We just read it earlier. God says that he will do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Now, I don't know about you, but I got a pretty crazy imagination. But if God can do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine, imagine what he could do in your life. Imagine what he could overcome. Imagine what he could deliver you from. Imagine what he could do in your marriage. Imagine what he could do in your family. Imagine what he could do in our city. And imagine what he could do in our world. But the simple fact remains that we have to tap into the most powerful resource we could ever tap into that oftentimes is the very thing we don't tap into. I mean, think about it this way. If you have unlimited power at a certain point in your house, all it takes is a cord to plug into that unlimited power and you could power whatever you want. And yet so many times in our life, we've got the cord and we stay unplugged from the power source of what God wants to do in our life. Because we think, I'm okay, I got it. I'm okay, I don't need your help right now. I'm okay, we're not really there yet, God. And one of the things that I think that we have to do is to tap into that untapped potential that God wants to pour out. So we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about the power of praying people. And so how can we see God work in our lives in supernatural ways? And I believe it's only through the power of prayer. On our recent trip this last week, obviously a couple weeks, we were gone two Sundays. On our recent trip to Florida, we got to experience some of the coolest, what I would say were settings and design things that I have ever been a part of. Now, if you've ever been to Disneyland or the Disney World area, you know to a certain extent what I'm talking about. But even as a kid and being there as a kid before, compared to what we got to experience this last time, kind of blew my mind. And so I wanted to share a couple pictures just to let you see kind of what goes on. When we were at Disneyland, the first day we went to this place called Hollywood Studios. Anybody ever heard of it? Right? Hollywood Studios has these main theme areas. One's all like Toy Story, and another one is all Star Wars. Any Star Wars fans? Okay, I'll limit myself. All right, Star Wars fan here, right? So we rolled in, and I mean, it was like being on one of the, like maybe Tatooine or one of the planets here. Everything is set up. It's a market-type area, and we walk around a corner, and there I see the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Sarah goes, you're a dork. She goes, nobody cares about Star Wars. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? And since then, I've obviously watched all the Mandalorian and Bubba Fett in the last week. Um, so if you've got Disney Plus, but I wanted, I wanted to just give you an idea because here's what happens. When we were there, we got to experience things on a different level because you're immersed in this atmosphere that kind of makes you feel like you're not on earth, honestly. Like first it was Hollywood Studios, but every theme park we went to at Disney, it was each area, you had Tomorrowland and you have the, the Frontierland and you got all these different areas. And then the last days, the last couple days, we went to Universal Studios. And I'll be honest with you, 
I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Don't really watch. I know. You can boo me. Um, I have struggled through three, and I know there's eight. Okay, so I just, I'm going to clarify, but one of the things we got to do was to go and experience this area where all of the stuff around Harry Potter was, and I'll give you just a glimpse of this. This whole area, like you were, there's parts where you go into Diagon Alley, and you feel like you're in like London, and then there's this area where there's this dragon overhead, and then you see, is that Hogwarts Castle? Yes? Okay. All right. There we go. All right. For, for all of the Harry Potter fans, forgive me. All right. But it was, you're immersed in, in what goes on. The rides are so immersed. It's not like going to, to, to out here to Worlds of Fun and you stand in line with these just lines that go back and forth. Everything has a storyline. So as you're standing in line, there are videos, there's, there's, there's designs and setups. You actually feel like you're just immersed in this culture, in this land of where you're at. And it really begins to be like, wow, this is kind of cool. This, is, this really sets the story. This really sets the line. And you begin to, to kind of just go, oh, man, I'm not standing in line so much as I'm experiencing an event. And it kind of got me thinking like this. Oftentimes in our lives, God's got this immersive story that's going on around us. And yet we're okay settling for standing in line at Worlds of Fun instead of being immersed in the story that he's got going on because we stay so disconnected from him in prayer that we don't experience the full thing that he wants us to experience. See, like every ride we rode, yes, that was the, like the premier thing, right? You wait in line to get on this roller coaster and you get experience the ride. But the one thing we talked about consistently was the lines aren't so bad because you're immersed in a story. And what I realize is that's our life. That when God wants us to wait in line for his timing and his deliverance and things like that, it's okay because I'm immersed in his story and what he wants to reveal to me and what he wants to do through me and what he wants to do in me. And that's how prayer works. That as God works in my life, as God is immersing me in what he's doing, that I sit and I wait and I pray and I seek his face so that I can experience all the power and all the beauty of what God wants to do in me and through me. And so it got me thinking, man, what if we approach prayer like that? What if I looked at prayer as God just prepping me for everything that he wants to do, for the ride that he's wanting me to experience here at the end, right? Most of us look at life and we go, man, I don't know. It's just like, I just go through the mundane. It's the same old, same old. When God's like, man, I want to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. I'm willing to do more than I, you could ever ask or imagine. I have the power to do more than you could ask or imagine. And I want to do that in and through you. But you got to seek me in prayer. Here's the crazy thing that I see all throughout Scripture. As we look at this text in Philippians chapter 4. That God has conditional things that take place in our life. God says things like this. If you do this, then you will receive that. 
So there's this conditional mentality of what takes place in our own lives that we begin to see that when we are people of prayer, or if we are people of prayer, then God wants to do these supernatural works. And so my question is this, do you desire a supernatural outpouring of God working in the midst of his people, working in the midst of you, so that you can do or experience more than you could ever ask or imagine? And I would hope that would be your prayer today. I would hope that would be your desire today. So here's the big idea. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this, that prayer is the mountain moving work that every believer can participate in to experience the supernatural power and work of God. Again, keep this in mind. Prayer is the mountain moving work that every believer is invited to, encouraged to be a part of, and to participate in. That allows me to experience the supernatural power and work of God in my life. As a matter of fact, I would say it even this way in a maybe a little more succinct way. The effectiveness and power of a church is only as good as a result of the prayer life of the people in the church. In other words, no matter how much inviting we do, no matter how much all of those things play in, if we're not people of prayer, not seeking God in prayer on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute minute basis, then I don't believe we're going to experience the full blessing and encouragement and the immeasurably more that God's going to give us because we're not seeking Him in prayer. So today, I really want to just challenge us to be people of prayer. So we talked about getting involved, right? Getting connected, growing in discipleship, reading your word. As a matter of fact, as we've done this, if you go out there today, because you're going to find out real quick that the Bible reading plan we had for this last month expires. Guess what? January 30th. That's tomorrow, right? 31st. My bad. Sorry. I don't know all the calendar things. But guess what we got? We got new Bible reading plans out there on the next steps table. You can go out to the poster. The poster's brand new. You can scan it. You can sign up. And guess what? February 1st, you can start back again. It's one of the things that we wanted to do to keep it fresh in your mind day in and day out this year is that every month our Bible reading plan is going to continue on, but we're going to give you new stuff. You got to re-sign up, re-engage, because we want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on. So here's the big thing, I want to give you three things today that I think we need to look at or we're going to see from this text that will help us, I believe, become people of prayer on a more consistent basis. Number one, prayer allows me to pass the worry and anxiety to the Lord. Prayer allows me to pass on worry and anxiety to the Lord. In other words, are you a person of worry? Then pray. Listen to what he says. Do not be anxious about, what's he say? anything. Now, I don't know about you, but I got pretty anxious. I get, I'm, I'm very anxious. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we got a bunch of anxious people here today. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure because I've heard conversations of some worry and some anxiety about what's going to happen tonight at five o'clock, right? Okay. Now, I'm not saying God really cares one thing or another about football, but what I do know is this. That people all of a sudden pray when their team's involved in a big game. So I'm expecting the altar to be full here in about 15 minutes. 
I'm just joking. So, <laughs> all right. But listen, prayer allows me to pass the worry and the anxiety over to the Lord. Or in other words, it takes the thing, the burden, the worry that oftentimes I let control my life. And it says, listen, I got no control over this. I have no way to respond to this. I can't control other people. I can't control what they think. I can't control how they respond. But guess what I can control? I can pass it over to him. So he says, do not be anxious about anything. What is it that gets you worked up? What is it that makes you anxious? What is it that causes worry in your life? Prayer is a great tool because when something is out of our control, the only way we can influence a situation is to pray. I don't know about you, but it oftentimes comes that when the going gets tough or the going gets difficult, when I don't know what else to do, that's when we pray, when the reality should be that no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, I'm going to pray over this first and foremost. Is your first first response to jump to prayer or is your first response to jump to worry and anxiety? Do you struggle with depression If it is, got to understand this is one of those things. And listen, I know there's all kinds of scientific things we can get into and biological and neurological things and stuff like that. But I also want you to know this, that oftentimes depression is a result of anxiety and worry that we have no control over. Guess who does? God's got control over it. And remember what he says? I want you to experience more than you can ask or imagine because you've sought me in prayer. And so listen, prayer allows me to pass the anxiety and the worry over to God. And here's the crazy thing. Oftentimes people will say things like this. Well, I don't know how to pray. You know how to talk. Prayer is communication with God. Please don't make it more than it has to be. Matter of fact, there's a point in scripture where God says, listen, it's better that you go into a closet and shut the door and pray in silent than pray like the dude on the corner who's like, God, thank God I'm not like that dude over there. Prayer is just you communicating with God however you feel fit. What I would say in an act of reverence and obedience, but to say, yes, God, I just want to talk with you. And prayer, honestly, It's not just talking, it's listening. And so as we talked about this engagement, as I engage the Bible, and as I gauge that day in and day out, that I spend time in prayer because God wants to use the Bible to change my heart. And as God changes my heart, he wants to reveal who he is and what he's wanting to do. And guess what? He's going to change my mind and my thought process when I pray. See, people often struggle with prayer because it seems like we should be doing something. When the very first thing you should be doing is praying. Like again, this is a worker person, right? Like I love, I don't mind, I love to work. I am a worker and I am the type of guy, I'm the typical guy, right? Got ladies, you always are like, I don't need a guy that's going to fix it. I just need a guy who's going to listen. And a guy goes, well, we're a fix it person. Like you just gave me a problem and I'm going to try and fix it. Yeah, come back next week for relationships. That is a perfect plug. So we'll start next week our relationship service series on that. But listen, that's the reality. Most of us think if I could just fix it, I'll fix it and I don't have to deal with it. When the reality is there's a lot of things that you and I can't fix and the only one who's going to fix it is God. 
The only way it's going to be fixed is through the power of prayer. The only way he's going to reveal that or relieve that burden, that, that anxiety, is when you turn it over to him. The only way he's going to remove that depression is when you seek him. The only way he's going to restore a marriage relationship that seems like it's fallen apart and gone is when you seek him and build your life and your marriage and relationship on him. That is the only way. But listen, prayer allows me to pass that worry over. Without prayer, listen, we are limited to what is physical. But when we pray, prayer unleashes the supernatural. Without prayer, we are limited to what is only physical. But when we pray, it unleashes God's supernatural power. So prayer is the mountain-moving work that every believer can be involved in. Listen, God does not want us to be anxious, but he wants us to pray. That's why he says, do not be anxious about anything. What is it you're anxious about? What is it you worry about? Matthew chapter 6 says, who of you by worrying could add a single hour to his life? Anybody ever been there? Like you sit back and you worry and you fret and you think and you overanalyze and you're like, oh my gosh, my mind starts playing crazy games, and I begin to think things that weren't even true in the first place. Anybody ever been in that situation? You're like, surely that's not what was going on. And you realize real quick that anxiety becomes overwhelming because we haven't passed it off to the Lord. We've tried to carry it on our own. So he says, don't be anxious about anything. Nothing. Think about that. Nothing. Like, I get anxious over a sport, that in reality means nothing in the bigger picture of life. Or I'll get anxious and worry about my kids and the decisions they might be making. When the Bible says, what? Train a child in the way he should go and he will not depart. Now, we all know that everybody's got to make their own decisions, right? And there are things that we're like, well, I just, I got to have a little more control. I got to have, I'm going to worry. I'm going to stress. I'm going to fret over these things when God says, don't worry about it. So prayer allows me to pass worry and anxiety on to the Lord. Number two is this, that thankfulness allows us to experience the blessings of God. Listen to what he says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, say everything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Listen, thanksgiving allows me to experience the blessings that God gives to me. Are you thankful for the circumstances and situations you're in? Are you thankful for the fact that you've got a family to worry about? That you can pass on that anxiety and worry to the Lord? Are you thankful for the job situation you have? Because listen, it may be stressful and it may create worry and anxiety, but God's providing for you. Are you thankful for the church family you have? Are you thankful for the the family you have? Are you thankful for the friends that are around you? Oftentimes we look at the negative, don't we? It's easy to go negative. And what's he say? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Listen, here's one of the things that I think prayer needs to be focused on, that we're thankful for what God has done for us and in us and through us. Most of us are defeated oftentimes because we look at it and we go, I I can't do that. 
I can't accomplish that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You're right, you can't. You and I, on our own, apart from God, are powerless to change our lives and to change the people around us. But you and I, when we remain in Christ, because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has bought us, purchased us, redeemed us, has set us up, has created us to be a new creation that gives us all the power and all the authority that Jesus has, and he says, I want you to be my witnesses, you and I can accomplish more through the power of the Spirit in a life of prayer than we can ever do apart from him. And it all stems from thankfulness. Am I thankful for what I get to experience in the life that God gives me day in and day out? You know, earlier in the text, or sorry, later down in this text, there's a point where Paul says, look, I've learned to be content no matter what circumstance I'm in. Right? He says, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in need or out, I've, I've learned to be content. And contentment comes as a result of thankfulness for what God has already blessed you with where you're at now. Listen, and I want to be very clear on this. Contentment doesn't mean you're going to have everything met, every need, every desire, or every want. But God says, I will meet every need that you need. Every circumstance, every situation, every physical need you have, I will meet And remember, he says this in Matthew chapter 6, right? Look at the birds of the air. They don't even know where their next meal is coming from, but God provides for them and cares for them, and he cares for you and I so much more. So it's this idea that thankfulness allows me to experience the blessings of God in my life. What are you thankful for? What are you doing that? And then listen to what he says. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So that request may be to remove that thorn in the flesh, right? That request may be to remove the very thing that you said is holding you back. But that request also may not be met because God may say, listen, I got to that thorn in the flesh because you have to understand my grace is sufficient. And I want you to be thankful for who you are because I have created you and called you to be who you are so that, listen, I can change you to become more like myself and you can experience my grace and my mercy and pass that on to others. Thankfulness allows me to experience the blessings of God. As a matter of fact, I, I say it this way. Concentrate on counting your blessings and you're going to have little time to count anything else. Do you remember that old school hymn? Count your blessings, name them. All the old school people, one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. I can hear my grandma singing it in, uh, what, 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 was it? what do you call it when you do the backup, whatever that's called. Anyways, harmony, whatever that is. My grandma always sang harmony, and I could hear my grandma sitting next to me singing that in harmony. I don't know why that song always sticks out with my grandma, but I could hear my grandma singing, count your blessings, name them one by one, but I go, oh my gosh. Thankfulness allows me to count my blessings and name them one by one. Listen, prayer is the key to the treasure house and blessings of God. Listen to Psalm 95. I'm going to jump over there and read these to you. 
Psalm 95, starting in verse 2, and it says this. Matter of fact, I'll read verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. And I just read Psalm 96, so you have to forgive me. So I'll read Psalm 95 now. <laughs> it says, come let us sing, to joy, sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. And then we all know Psalm 100, right? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. And then in verse five or verse four, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. One of the things I think we can oftentimes do when it comes to prayer is, yes, we want to cast all our worry and all our anxiety over to him, right? Because he can carry that burden. So I seek him in prayer. But as I seek him in prayer, I'm thankful for the circumstances and the positions he's allowed me to be in life so that, listen, so that he can redeem me and so that he can use me where I'm at to let others see the goodness and the grace and mercy of Jesus in my life. So we say prayer is the mountain moving work that every believer can participate to experience the supernatural power and work of God. Here's the third thing I want us to see because listen to what it says. It says, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God guards our hearts and minds. This is what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever noticed that when you don't pray about something, you lack peace? I don't know about you, but when I don't pray about something, I oftentimes lack peace. It may be a financial situation. It may be an upcoming decision that I have to make, but when I don't pray, I often, I I feel this consistently, when I don't pray about something, I will miss out on the peace that God wants to give. Remember what he says, I can do more than you can ask or imagine, immeasurably more. In other words, you're not going to be able to measure the blessings I pour out. You're not going to be able to measure the, 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 the gifts that I'm going to give. But listen, one of those gifts is this peace. And he says, in the peace of God, when you seek God through prayer, not being or worrying about everything, when I seek him through prayer with thanksgiving, I present my request to God, and it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, it's played out like this. When people say, well, that doesn't make sense, you can say, I know, it transcends all understanding. And people go, what? I know, it doesn't make sense. But it's overwhelmingly superior to human knowledge. When I pray and God begins to give me the peace that he gives as a result of prayer, then it says the peace of God will overwhelmingly take over everything. It transcends all understanding. In other words, it's over, the authority is over any understanding or knowledge that man wants to try and explain. So, Peace comes when we allow God to do God's things in God's ways, and we follow in obedience and seek him for his will. Peace comes when I seek God in prayer, and even when he comforts and encourages and equips me and stuff like that, he's going to give me the right direction and the right answer that's going to surpass any and all understanding. That's what's funny about prayer, right? Because people will say, well, that's dumb. 
That doesn't make sense. I know, but God told me to do it. And please hear me out when I say this. God is not going to call you to do something that's contrary to his word. For some reason, I have to clarify that in today's world. I don't know why. But I've had teenagers come up to me. Well, God told me it was okay. No. That's a complete contradiction to God's word. He is not going to bless you when you walk in disobedience. Okay, so let me clarify that real quick. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, listen to what it says, will guard your hearts. Think about this. Anxiety, worry, depression, struggle, difficulty is all a result of a broken heart. But God says, when I turn everything over and I present my petitions with thanksgiving and I seek him, that the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind. In other words, it's going to guard my thought process and the decisions I make, and it's going to guard everything in my head that goes on. So if you struggle with something in your life, my question is, do you pray about it? Matter of fact, I would say this. If you struggle with pornography, are you praying about it consistently? Because pornography is not something that God has ever called you to. Pornography is degrading. Pornography is sinful. Pornography is one of those things that is so easily accessible in today's world. But yet, listen, if I guard my heart and my mind because I'm seeking God in prayer, guess what he's going to do? He's going to put the circumstances and situations of people in your life to help you through those difficulties. Matter of fact, it may be the point where you have to sit back and go, I need to chuck this sucker. Maybe you need to downgrade. Matter of fact, what's just funny is a downgrade now to go get a phone and downgrade actually costs you more money. Like, I don't, want a, I don't want a smartphone. Oh, it's going to be more. Wait, what? But I want you to understand this. Listen, he says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Listen, in Christ Jesus. In other words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have learned to be content regardless of the circumstance I'm in because it's Christ who gives me the strength to walk through the difficult situations, to deal with the struggles that I face, to overcome the adversity that I'm dealing with, to, 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 to get rid of or to fight through the obstacles or the addictions that we have in our lives, the sin that so easily entangles, and we can walk in the freedom that God gives. So listen. If you want to experience the peace of God, then you have to be a person of prayer. Because as I pray, I'm casting all my worry and my anxiety onto him. I'm thankful for the circumstances that he's brought me through and delivered me in. And listen, as I do that, as I seek him out with thanksgiving and I present my request to God, then the peace of God will, listen, guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Because the peace of God is more powerful than any of man's wisdom. So listen, are we going to be people of prayer? Prayer is not something that makes sense in the physical world, but it is the beginning of God's work being poured out in and around us. Prayer leads us to peace that goes beyond all understanding. Listen to what Thomas Watson says. If God be our God, he will give us peace in trouble. When there is a storm without, he will make peace within. The world can create trouble in peace, but God can create peace in trouble. So my challenge today to us is this, that we be people of prayer. If you worry, pray. If you struggle, pray. 
If you're a sinner, pray. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have turned to our own way. All of us need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But listen, all of us still are going to struggle with sin and difficulty and temptation, and we need to pray. Why? Because the anxiety and worry is going to be so overpowering. But listen, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that's the very thing that God wants to deliver you into so that you can experience it. Prayer is the supernatural work of God, or sorry, is the, is the, the work of man, the mountain-moving work of men that taps into the supernatural work and power of God in our daily lives. And I know a lot of people will go, well, you didn't give me the steps I need fully on. Yes, I did. The problem is we're just people who like to work. God gives us the very thing we need in all circumstances and all situations. Prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the simple fact that we get to communicate, to listen to, to respond, and to be obedient to your word. And God, I just think about that text where it says that you will do more than we could, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so God, we do, we pray that. We pray for your supernatural power, for your work to do what only you can do knowing that it is you who builds the church, knowing that it is you who saves people, knowing that it is you who redeems us, knowing it is you who forgives us, knowing it is you who helps us overcome the evil one, knowing it is you who helps us fight through the sin and the difficulties that so easily entangle us. God, we cry out to you knowing that it is your supernatural power and your supernatural work at work in us that when we pray, when we seek your face, when we acknowledge who you are, and we cast all our anxiety and worry over to you that you do the work that only you can do. So God, here we are. Individual pieces of clay waiting to be molded and to be made more like you. So God, may we be a church of prayer. May we be a people of prayer. May our groups be focused on prayer because you want to do great works in and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.